0: It is Go Birds Radio presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. James Seltzer, Elliot Shore Parks with you till three Elliot down
4: in Carolina. What up, buddy? What up, man? How you doing? I got I gotta stay. It is awesome being here. It is already a ton of Eagles fans all over downtown. It was all over the airport, walking around this morning, walking around last night. Lots of Eagles fans, but I miss being in the studio with you, buddy.
0: Yeah, it's always better when I can see your face, and then you know we 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 got that energy we can feed off of. But hey, we'll make it work, and it is awesome. You're down there, and it's good to hear there are a lot of Eagles fans because this feels like the type of game that you know it's close enough where it feels like you know. Are there any Panthers fans anyway? It feels like Eagles. fans I was going to say. I take mean, out. like
4: let's be real. Carolina is not exactly. I don't think Panthers fans are known for a. Uh, for their passion, right? So, it would not surprise me if the Eagles took the stadium over tomorrow. But also, like, let's be honest. This is a game where they really need their fans. Like, this is a must-win game. If they're going to make a playoff push, they need that energy tomorrow. So, it looks like there will be a lot of fans there.
0: Yeah, it's a great point. and And I do think, look, if if we're going to look back at the end of the season and the Eagles are in the playoffs, they won this game. You know, this is the type of game yeah. they need to win if they're going to be there. And we'll, we'll get more into the game. But you bring up playoffs and – It makes me think about something I saw this week that that I think is something we need to discuss. Marks and Reese put out a poll this week asking what is more important to you essentially at the end of the season? Do you want the Eagles to be in the playoffs or do you want them to be sitting there with three top 15 picks? Ultimately, what's more important to this team, making the playoffs or the future, drafting, all that type of stuff? Elliot, I, I thought it was a really interesting question. Where do you come down on this?
4: Yeah, it's an interesting question, but it's also an incredibly easy one. Like what are we talking about here? They're going to probably have two top 15 picks already. So we're really just talking the difference between a second one I mean a third one and having two. But bottom line is, the most important thing for this franchise right now, without question, point blank period, is to make the playoffs. Like they need Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts to have success together. I don't think people realize what would come with having a top 15 pick cuz also, let's be honest, if the Eagles end up not making the playoffs, their pick is probably going to be, like, number five, number six, that type of thing. They're not going to be, like, the 13th pick, more than likely. So if I, when I look at this franchise and what they need, they need Nick Sirianni to have success. They need to win games under Sirianni. They need players to start believing in him and seeing that he can be a good head coach. And also what they need is they need Jalen Hurts to be the quarterback. Like, we can debate whether he is, whether he isn't, and I think it's an interesting debate. I think he's played a lot better than he's given credit for. But there's no debate the best thing for this franchise is if Jalen Hurts is the guy. I would much rather, if I'm the Eagles, be picking at number 22, number 23, and know that I have a quarterback for 2022 on a rookie deal and locked in for two more years. Like, that's a no-brainer to me. Success matters to this franchise. Jason Kelsey said it best last season when things were kind of spiraling. He was like, you don't tank in the NFL. You, you, You don't do go through the process like the Sixers did. They need wins. And the the other good thing is they're going to be doing on the backs of young guys. This is not a veteran team anymore. When you look at the offense, they're almost all young players. They're a young coaching staff with young players. Like The rebuild is there. The youth movement is already here. Would you like to add picks in the top 15? Sure. That would be great. But ultimately what matters more is winning. And they desperately need to make the playoffs this is crazy look I I, crazy. I
0: agree with the Jalen Hurts point I, look I want Jalen Hurts to be the, the quarterback for this team I think the best case scenario is he ends up being great and you don't have to worry about that position right now but but Jalen Hurts can still prove that he's great and this team can put themselves in a better position for the future Elliot you look at this defense there is no young talent on this defense none zero we're talking about Josh Sweat and Javon Hargrave and Hargrave's 29 years old next season like this team needs young blue chip players in the worst way, and they really need it on both sides of the ball. I'm not you know convinced like you say, all oh, the rebuild on the offensive side is 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 good to go, really. Really? No, we're we're set? Jalen Rager? You're, you're good with Jalen Rager as a, a future player on this team? I mean, the tight end situation is up in the air. We don't know if they're going to re-sign Goddard. What they're going to do with Zach Ertz. There's so many spots offensively that are still a question mark. And just because I saw Andre Dillard play decent for a couple games doesn't mean he's the future left tackle of this team. Just because other offensive linemen have filled in and looked decent at times doesn't mean that is set for the future. And again, defensively, this team is is bereft, Elliot. They have no talent when it comes to Young defensive players. We need we need a defense here. We've seen the first few weeks of this season. How devastating it is to have a bad defense. I, I understand the concept of of you want Nick Sirianni to be good and you want Jalen Hurts to be good, but at the end of the day, this team is not good enough. Like, what's the upside of making the playoffs? A best-case scenario, you get blown out in the first round by the, the top seed because you're certainly not winning this division. You're not beating the Dallas Cowboys. Your best chance is, is you get the seven seed as like an 8-9, 9-8 team, and then you get your doors blown off. Like, I, look, I, yeah, but- I I get that there is value to winning for a franchise. I get that. But this franchise is not in a position to win right now. It is more important to build for the future. And hey, you know what? If they're if they're pretty bad, then there's also a chance I can get rid of Howie Roseman, which
4: is the single most important thing to me with this franchise right now. See, but okay, I, I know you're a smart guy. I know you know football and you say you understand the concept of needing Nick Seriani and Jalen Hurts to make the playoffs, but like, I'm not sure you do when I hear that answer. Like it's, it, it's critically important that they have success. Like people need to believe in this head coach. The players on the roster need to feel like Nick Sirianni knows what he's doing. And let's be honest, like me and you have been, we, we were in on Sirianni prior to the season. Obviously there's been moments this year where it's been worrisome and how he's handled things. And I think we're a little bit different right now where, where we're at, but Sirianni's not a guy that consistently gives you optimism or feeling that you should believe in him. Like, There's days at the podium where I'm like, this guy sounds like he knows what he's doing. And there's days at the podium where I'm like, what in the world is he talking about, right? And I'm sure that the players feel that way too. And again, like they need moments to believe in him. There has not been a moment yet this season where I think the players sat there and went, wow, that guy really knows what he's doing. Like there hasn't been that big win. There hasn't been that, you know, division rival, playoff game implications. And I know they haven't had a chance yet, but they got blown out in their only divisional game. Like if I'm a player, I'm sitting on that sideline I'm looking at the offense, and I'm going, does this guy know what he's doing? Derek Barnett constantly jumping off sides. No punishment, right? So they need moments to believe in Sirianni, and they need it for Jalen Hurts, too. And that's what this season is about. When this season began, me and you both agreed, ultimately, this was about Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts, period. The 2021 season is about figuring out what you have. And I want to see those two take the team to the playoffs, and then I can figure out the talent on defense, right? I can figure those things out. It isn't like, like I said, they're not going to be drafting number 32. Like, they're not winning the Super Bowl. And you should be able to find good talent in the late 20s. This isn't the NBA draft where it's critically important that you have a top 10 pick. You know, you should be able to find starters in the second round. And in the third round, Howie's done a great job of that. Well, but that's a completely different debate. Like, Howie's done It's all part of the whole thing. Like, We need to get
0: rid of Howie. Howie has to go. If they make the playoffs, that's just like another five years added on with Jeffrey Lurie and this Howie Roseman relationship. Like, again, the most important thing is getting Howie Roseman out of here first and foremost, but then on top of that, look, Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts can still show improvement over the course of the season and not make the playoffs. Like coming into this season, I didn't expect this team to make the playoffs. I don't have that expectation for Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts. I expected them to be a seven win team. I feel like that might even be a little optimistic. Like this team isn't
4: good enough. Like this is just, but you're saying, but you're saying it's bad if Howie stays here. But it's not bad if they make the playoffs. Like if they, if Howie... Yes, uh, hired it is. The right it hit.
0: disguises the problem. It, it makes Jeffrey Lurie think, oh, it's okay. We made the playoffs. It's not okay. It's, it it's, is
4: okay. If they make the playoffs, that's a positive. That means they have a good coach. That means the quarterback is good. That means the other players have stepped up. Like you're looking at it as how it looks right now. But if they make the playoffs, we're talking about them winning eight, nine games. Like they're not going to win the division more than likely. So they're going to have to get that third wild card spot. And that's going to require eight or nine wins. And if that happens, you're going to be feeling a lot different. And also, it I think it's worth pointing gold. out. Okay, hold on. I think we should re- revisit this whole how we can't draft thing. Because let's look at the roster right now, right? Jordan Mailata obviously a good pick. Dillard looks better well, now, than Jordan Mailata pick
0: like, was a Jeff Stoutland pick that has been reported. No, Jeff no, that's Stoutland not fair. stood that's on the fair. table
4: for him. He stood on the table. How he made the pick? How he made the okay, pick? Right? Like sure. ultimately, he's a general manager?
0: So, so and then I we give the, him the the Jeffrey Lurie picks, the
4: JJ type stuff. We're gonna we're gonna rip him for that then. Yes, absolutely. I'm saying all, ultimately all blame and, and also praise on draft picks falls on Howie, right? Like people have input on every single pick there is, right? And yes, Jeff Statlin played a role in that, and he deserves credit. But ultimately, like the narrative of Howie not being able to draft, it's kind of changing. Like the, the Andre Dillard is playing well. Hurts looks like he could play. I mean, really, like where are the huge busts outside of J.J. Arcega-Whiteside?
0: Well, I mean Jalen Reger is a bust. Yes, Rager, Clearly. Rager. I mean JJ I think a white side's a bust in every defensive draft pick they've made. I mean, uh, Vontae Maddox is like a okay slot corner. Like Josh yeah, it was Swe- a fourth round pick. Josh Sweat was a nice pick. Derek Barnett looks like a bust comp- considering where you drafted him. I mean, you look across the defense. They are they are they have had to fill holes with free agents and stuff like that. And that's not a, a long term strategy to win. You're by making the playoffs this year, you're just disguising the problem with this team, Elliot. This team, like, most of the the talent on this team is older. Like, you've mentioned a few guys. There are a couple guys we could talk about who are younger and are are potentially good. But where are my blue-chip players? Who on this team can you say right now is a blue-chip NFL player? A top-five guy at their position? None! There's no one. Javon Hargrave, maybe. That's the only guy you can say. Well, it's
4: interesting. They're mostly on the defensive side of the ball. There's one. It's Javon Hargrave. He's
0: the only guy you can say. Well, Fletcher Cox. Well, Fletcher Cox isn't a blue chip player anymore. Fletcher Cox has been one of the worst players on the
4: defense this year. Right, but I'm saying he's still in the conversation. But he's also
0: 31 years old. I'm talking about we need young talent. This has to be built forward. We want to talk about having success for years and years to come. Like, you need a foundation. You need to build up. And if this team just lucks its way in the playoffs, because let's be honest, the only way this team makes the playoffs this year is if they luck into it. Like, That is just going to disguise the problem with this team, this team. And again, look, I'm not going to go out there on Sunday and not root for the Eagles. I can't help it. I root for the Eagles. I want them to win every game I watch them play, no matter whether that's smart or not. But I can also step back from my fandom and say, hey, what's the smartest thing for this franchise over the long haul? What's the best outcome? And yes, Jalen Hurts being good is part of that best outcome. Nick Sirianni, I I guess being good is part of that outcome, but like... Look, if Nick's not the guy, Nick's not the guy. And I'm certainly leaning more towards he's not the guy than he is the guy right now. And if he's not the guy, then get rid of him quicker. So that's another option where if it does go bad this year, you just move on and you find a new coach. Preferably, likely, hired by someone other than Howie Roseman. So I get that there are values to making the playoffs, but I think they're short-term, short-sighted
4: values. You need to think about the big picture losing is not the answer right losing is never the answer to the question there's never a solution in the nfl where the best thing to happen is to lose like period there's not and you say you, you don't know if sirianni's the guy well let's find out and if he makes the playoffs i think you'll feel a lot differently about him right and I think sometimes, like, and you know, you to a certain extent, but definitely the fan base is so obsessed with getting Howie out of here that they sometimes don't realize that the, it, the best thing for them is if it works out under Howie. Like, it is. Like, you want to see this current roster and current but, front but office. I don't pick. believe it's going to. I don't believe
0: that the infrastructure. You don't think it's going to, but the but, infrastructure they have pick. isn't good enough, man. Like, that's what I'm saying to you. I'm saying this roster, this group of players, the situation they're in, the cap situation they're in this offseason, like, all of it, top to bottom, the young talent is not good enough. It's not enough. Like is it maybe good enough to win eight games and make the playoffs? I don't know. Maybe but but I'm talking about being a powerhouse again. I'm talking about being a Super Bowl team again.
4: Like we are so far from that, Elliot. Yeah, but look at the teams that consistently pick in the top five. Like, I can't think of one. I mean, Jacksonville is a top seven pick every year almost, right? Like, it's always the same teams in the top. The Lions always pick in the top, right? Like, ultimately, that's not what breeds, and that's not what makes a winning program. Like, the only team that's really rebounded out of that is Cleveland. In I mean, Arizona's say, right?
0: Like, 4-0 right now. They had the first pick in the draft a couple years ago, and they had the yeah, eighth that's pick fair. the year Arizona's prior to that. Point. I mean, you can turn yep. it around with blue-chip players. That's the way you win in the NFL. Long term, you have blue-chip players. You look at every team that wins a Super well, every year, they've got four, five, six, seven blue-chip players on their team. The Eagles but have I think Javon the Eagles... Hargrave. He's the, and, and Devontae Smith, I think, is going to be a blue-chip player. But, like, that's it right now. Taking the field on Sunday, I would say Javon Hargrave is the only blue-chip player on the field for the Philadelphia Eagles.
4: Yeah, I would probably agree with that, right? I mean, but but I, but on the offensive side of the ball, because I agree with you. On the defensive side of the ball, they are short of talent. And I actually want to talk to you a little bit about our, our good friend Joe Gillio brought up, I think, a pretty interesting hypothetical about Devontae Smith. I at least want to discuss it with you. But on the defensive side of the ball, I agree they're short of talent. But let's talk about the offense for a second, right? So this Sunday in Carolina, Lane Johnson won't be playing, still dealing with a personal matter. Jordan Mailata is going to be, the, I think, is going to be the right tackle. Dillard will be the left tackle. Dickerson, your guy, will be at uh, at okay. left guard. And they'll have Driscoll at right guard, right? Like their offensive line is slowly kind of already rebuilt. Next year you move, say, Amalu into center, which I think has kind of always been their plan. And you have five offensive linemen who I think were all, outside of Dillard, who still has to you know, prove himself, four of those guys you feel really good about, right? At running back, you have Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell. At receiver, yes, Rager's not been great, but I think we both feel good about Quez Watkins and Devontae Smith. Like, there is young talent there. So I think on the offensive side of the ball, none of them are blue-chip players yet. Goddard's pretty close. I think Devontae's on his way. Kenny Gainwell looks like a stud. Like, they're not as far away as you think. And I know offensive linemen, it's not as exciting to view them as blue-chip guys. But, like, Driscoll, I think, plays well whenever he's out there. My lot is close to uh, blue-chip.
0: Not yet, man. My lot is playing right tackle. He's not even going to play. Well, but they can't be blue-chip guys yet. Like, they're all young. Like, it takes time. For some guys, it does. There are some guys you know are blue chippers pretty quickly, man. And I think Devontae Smith will be one. But I mean, these guys are. It's not like they're in their first year of play. Like, and regardless, look, there is some talent along the offensive line. I'm not disputing that. I'm talking about the rest of the team, and you're just dismissing the defense, which is half of the freaking game. Yeah, two, the defense has to be better. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Where do you come down on this? What's more important for this team moving into the future: a, a top top draft picks, or making the playoffs this year with this group here and, and what it means for for the whole shebang, the Howie Roseman, all of it, 215-592-9494. Where do you stay on this? And, of course, we'll dive more into the game, a must-win game for the Eagles, according to Elliott Parks. We'll get to that as well. Let's start it out where we do every Saturday at this time on the phones. Let's go to Edmonton and talk to our buddy Tom. Yo, Tom.
5: Yo, fellas. How we doing today? Good, man. What's going on? Ah, right? Um, So, at the end, I got uh, an over-under question in my prediction for tomorrow. But before I get into it, a couple things with Elliot there. Um, Can't wait. Elliot. I hope that uh, all potato chips are out of sight for you because we don't need any dead air
4: in this broadcast. Oh, man. Look, I am addicted to barbecue chips right now, but I did put (laughs) them aside from the one to three hour. Barbecue chips, the undisputed top chip there is, but I put them away for two hours. And I'm starting to
5: call into question you being a Philly guy or not because – when you order a cheesesteak, mustard oh. and mayo should never enter okay. the equation.
4: Thank you. Well let me let me instead of you just calling in and trying to take everything I say out of context, let me explain what I said. I believe mayo on a cheesesteak is good. I will back that up any day I'll debate anybody on that. What I said about the mustard was people like mustard on their hamburgers. Like why not be open to it on a cheesesteak? Yeah, I've never it tried basically it. I said know I a it
0: cheeseburger and a cheesesteak are the same thing, which
4: is like the, the worst take of, the of all of them. They both have oh, meat, stop. cheese, and a bun. Like, ah. let's not act like we're reinventing the wheel here.
5: Oh my God. <laughs> well, then, veal parmesan is the same by that standard because it's meat, cheese, and bread.
4: Well said, Tom. Well, but, I mean, that has tomato sauce sometimes, but that's so <laughs> a little
5: bit. All right, so let's get into Mr. Nick Sirianni and his five principles, shall we?
4: Let's do
5: it. So, number one, connect and trust uh Fletcher's comments this week uh tells me he's not connecting nor trusting
4: well that's I think has to do more with the defensive scheme and you know I was talking to James about this and I think James has an interesting point on it like do are we like Fletcher can say what he wants but do we think the scheme is a real excuse for while he's not playing well like I get your point about connecting and trusting but ultimately is Fletcher not playing well because he's just not playing well or because of the scheme
5: well, I, I, if you're going to go off his statements this week, it's because of the scheme.
0: Yeah, well, he can say whatever he wants. Yeah. What do we think right? I, I mean, don't, like, I don't I, think I, this scheme is a good excuse personally, but I, I could right. be, I mean, it's a, I think I think there's something to all of it, the idea that we've heard multiple players talk about, like Darius Slade talking, like you yep. brought up Tom about guys not knowing their positions and that and was my that. second so point I do there, think James, that yep. you can make a point that maybe this coaching, the way they're coaching, whatever is not getting through to these guys and then the way it needs to but I definitely think that Fletcher needs to own and he did but he needs to own his his poor mm. play as well.
5: And then the second one compete with each other. They're not even competing with their opponents. So Yeah. Right, you well, know. I, I don't right.
4: like the defensive mindset these last 2 weeks. Like I don't like the idea of let's just back up and make Kansas City and Dallas make mistakes. Like that's not how you stop top offenses mm. in this league. I would rather see them give up 40-plus points with blitzing and having blitzes break down, then just sit there and take it for four quarters. Like i would not like the, the mindset or the hmm. scheme these last two weeks.
5: Okay, third one, right, accountability. Well, let, let's,
0: let's speed this up a little bit if we're going to go through all five here. We okay, can, well, accountability,
5: Derek Barnett, come on. Nobody's holding them accountable, so that's out the window. Mm-hmm. Playing smart football, 44 penalties is dumb football. Agree. So yeah. I don't know where that comes in and then he goes to fundamentals 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 again 44 penalties that goes against fundamentals so i I, I don't know I think this guy's in way over his head. Uh, I definitely come down on the side of James where you want those draft picks, although the caveat there is who's making the draft picks mm-hmm. uh, making the well, playoffs
4: draft records looking better but yeah oh, come on well making it the really playoffs
5: does nothing for this team this year. thank you Tom.
4: Thank you. It Isn't really it?
5: doesn't. So I will leave you guys with this. Uh, first off, over, under, 16 cold runs tomorrow.
0: Under. Uh, yeah, sadly.
5: That's brutal. All right, well, they're going to lose tomorrow, 23-21, in a heartbreaker. Mm. You fellas, have a great weekend. Oh,
0: you're the best, Tommy. Yeah, look, I, I I think there are real points there. I mean, think about the, the idea that this is this guy's thing. Like, how many times have you heard about these? Core values. My five core values. He's failing on all of them. It's a great point by Tom. Like, mm. I, I mean, man, you know, um, I I loved Nick Sirianni the person. The, the I'm rooting for him, all that stuff. But four weeks in. It really feels like this guy is not just in over his
4: head, but in too far over his head to be able and to And you know what will make you feel better? If they make the playoffs. What will not <laughs> make you feel better is if they crash and burn and are picking yeah. number seven.
0: Well, sometimes you need to crash and burn to build back up the right way. 215 592 Where do you stand on this? What's more important for the future of the Eagles? The draft picks, blue-chip young players getting Howie out of here, or... The playoffs, and you, you believe in Hurts, you believe in Sirianni, and we start to move this thing forward with a, you know, playoff appearance and whatnot. Two one five five nine two ninety four nine four plus. Coming up next, Elliot mentioned it a must win game for the Eagles. I want to ask Elliot why? Why does he think that this is a? I get it. It could be a must win, but it's also October. So is it really a must win? I want to get to that with Elliot as well. Coming up next. It's James, tell you, it's Go Birds Radio, and let me remind you that pro and college football are in full swing, and the Parks Sportsbook app has you covered. It's the only sportsbook casino app that we recommend here at Go Birds, and it's based right here in the Delaware Valley Parks, is the home team for sports betting. New customers, if you sign up right now, you get your first bet risk-free up to $500. Yes, a risk-free $500 Bet. It is a great deal. So much fun to be had while you watch the games. Live-in-game betting lets you bet while you watch, which is a wild ride. You can also bet on more than the score. You can bet on player performances, bet on passing and rushing touchdowns, rushing yards, halftime score. You can bet on who scores first, and so much more. Get in on the action right now. And, And honestly, more than anything, we watch these games anyway. We're sports fans. I'm watching football all day today, all day tomorrow, and you know what makes these games so much more fun to watch? Having a little action on it. It is a blast. The app is fun. It's easy to use. It's intuitive. And again, here's the deal. New customers sign up right now and you get your first bet risk-free up to $500. Again, a $500 risk-free bet. Your risk-free bet is refunded. inside like credit. The website has the terms and conditions. Download the app or click parkscasino.com PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. It's GOBIRDS Radio, presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer with you. Till three, Rob Ellis. Coming up after that, the legend, Robbie E. Elliott down in Carolina. Coming up in a couple minutes, we're going to find out why Elliott feels so confident that it is a must-win game for the Eagles against the Panthers on Sunday, tomorrow. And, of course, listen to it here. Merrill, Mike, Howard, the whole deal, 1 o'clock tomorrow. All right, let's go back to the phones. Let's go to New Mexico and talk to our buddy David. Hello, sir.
1: Gentlemen, how you guys doing?
4: What up, man? How you doing?
1: How you doing? Hey, Elliott. Congratulations. You're out there in Carolina. I got family in Carolina, and it's beautiful out there. It's absolutely gorgeous, so glad you're yeah, at the really game. Is. I was at that I was at yeah. that debacle in Dallas, and I could not have been more embarrassed. Let me tell you something about this Eagle team. I have always been an Eagle fan, grew up an Eagle fan, and watched the Eagles for a long time, and the only thing that I can preface most of my fandom on has been defense. When your defense is bad, it makes everything look bad on a football team. The Eagles have always had good defense. Even when the offensive team was lean in their years, no matter how many stars we've had, we've predicated our existence on defense. And when this defense is bad as it is now, it it, it makes everything worse. And I said the same thing that you just said in your opener, Elliot. I would much rather lose by 100 points attacking an offense than sitting back and taking whatever they give out. So uh, I think – the mentality on this defense needs to change. It needs to switch. And if you're going to lose, lose fighting. Don't lose yeah. sitting back and, and and watching things go. And once Gannon gets that through his head, uh, I think things will start to pick up because momentum is very, very, very important. And if you don't have well, a defensive mentality, it doesn't matter what happens on offense.
4: Yeah, and I also just think, like, the whole mindset is a flawed one. Like, if you're Nick Sirianni, and your whole thing is competition, like, don't wave the white flag before kickoff against these teams, like on the defensive well, side of the ball. And I know he's an offensive head coach, but he's ultimately still the head coach. It's his responsibility to set the tone for this team and for their whole mindset to be, let's sit back and see if Dak and Patrick Mahomes are going to make a mistake. Like, guess what? They're probably not going to. They got they made one mistake in two games. So like, and they, they certainly I don't just need, just need our help.
1: Making, make, they just certainly don't need our help in success by giving them 44 penalties so
4: well and on, t- uh, on
0: top of that too how about the the offensive mindset too like the idea of like we got to keep up with these teams like instead of just going in and and dictating and playing your brand we're not of even
1: we're not even using the tools that we had where's miles sanders yeah. All right. Well, we, until we start running the ball, until we actually start concentrating on that offensive line to dominate at the line of scrimmage, so our offense can actually work, we need to run the ball, and it's as simple as that. David, everything I, else will come. I cannot agree with you more. I love you guys. Great. Oh,
0: you're the best, Dave. And and look, I I think both of what you said kind of go hand in hand, like. Running the ball on defense, like a toughness. You know, we heard Brandon Mm -hmm. Staley talk about it this week, talking about why it's important to run the ball and what it does for a team and for attitude and toughness and all these things. and, And, like, that's something we haven't seen from this Eagles team. Like they feel like a soft team from that perspective. And, and obviously part of it is just that they don't run the ball, but like David was yeah. talking about with the defense, the lack of aggressiveness, the linebackers just seemingly just running around and, and if you get five yards, no matter what, before they touch you. Like it has been a, a, a very
4: soft team so far this season from that perspective. And, and honestly, like to, just to be completely honest, because we are always honest with the go birds listeners, right? Like, I always thought that that was, I never bought into that, right? This idea that, because people say it on the station a lot. Eagles fans say it like, you know, it's something you hear a lot. Like Seth Joyner brings this up a lot, right? All-time great ego. Like about setting the tone and kind of being the more physical team. I had never really bought into that. I thought ultimately like, look, you pass the ball better than the other team. You win on offense. Like that's kind of what I bought into. But I'll be completely honest. Like, it, it's true. Like the, the, the mindset thing really, I think matters with this team. I think what the callers have been saying this week and really the last two weeks is dead on. Like it's, it is in my opinion with this Eagles team. It's about the mindset. It's about the scheme going in. It's a, you know, it's kind of like a defeatist attitude they've had going into these games. Instead of trying to punch them in the mouth, you're basically standing back and hoping you don't get punched. Right. And you know, again, they have to throw the ball like scheme and all that matters. But I do think the mindset matters, and it's exactly why, to, to kind of bring it full, back full circle, making the playoffs matter, right? Like this idea of like the games don't matter and you want them to have a, a, low, a, a you know high draft pick, like that'd be great in theory. But ultimately what you want is a team with an attitude that says we can go in and we can win games. And if they end the year in the playoffs, even if they do get smacked in the playoffs, if they end the year in the playoffs, they go into 2022 saying, you know what? We can do this. We saw that we could make the playoffs instead of going into next year and being like, Oh, at least we're picking number six. Like we want, we want to say mindset matters. And you have to take into account what winning will do it for that mindset. But,
0: but you also, you don't have to make the playoffs to, to make strides in that department to play football the right way. Like, I don't think this team can make the playoffs. Like, I don't think they're talented enough to make the playoffs. Like, but they could still go out and play disciplined, tough, smart football. Like, they could still have a mentality and hang with teams that are way more talented than them. Like, you don't have to make the playoffs just to, to change the, the mentality of the team and the, the culture around the team. We saw the Eagles not make the playoffs the year before they won the Super Bowl, right? Like, they didn't have to make the playoffs that year to yep. go out the next That's year true. and win the Super Bowl. So I, I do think there there are gray, gray areas with that. two one five Let's go to Matt Laurel and talk to Dennis. Hey, Dan.
2: Sheltz, man. How you doing?
0: I'm good, man. Good to hear your voice on the weekend.
2: Extrasensory perception. What did you do to
0: the
4: king? He called you a... Not just a dope in his opening, he called you a stone-cold dope. Uh-oh. I know, he called me a moron to my face this week, so he is, uh, he, what, he is what did not you do to send, What did you well, do I'll to set him off so much? I, I told him I would rather have Nick Sirianni as my head coach than Matt Rule. What? Stop. What? Why would you say that? Like, Matt Rule has well, had we'll so take...
0: much more success as a head coach than Nick Sirianni. Like, this is Nick Sirianni's first year as head coach. Matt Rule built two programs from, like, the rubble yeah, college. to... to what, what does it matter? He's still a head coach, a leader of men. Yeah, what's he done in the NFL? And I'm a Temple this guy. This is his I second year in the NFL, and he's 3-1. He had
4: okay, we'll Teddy Bridgewater Sunday, but, last well, year. Here's my right, argument. I'm going to let you – okay, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Dennis.
2: I'm going to have to take that extra sensory perception away from you for picking our guy, Hogan. I know. Well, well, it sounds like that you that think
4: that the dope comment is warranted, which is fine. It's fine. I, look, ultimately, <laughs> to me, in a head coach, I want two things. I want an offensive mind, and I want somebody that can work with the quarterback. Matt Rule can't do either of those things. Maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I will take the upside of Sirianni on the offensive side of the ball than Matt Rule, who's always going to be dependent on having a good offensive coordinator. Dope. Yeah,
2: <laughs> hey, listen, I call. Why? Why are we not involving Quez Watkins more? It's a
0: great question, Dennis. I, as I know, Joe Cameron said this. John Ritchie said this. I'll, I'll echo it like there is not any world, any game, any matchup where Jalen Reggers should play more snaps than Quez
4: Watkins. Like, there just isn't one. There isn't a scenario. He's bigger, stronger, and faster. And I think almost every pass that's been thrown his way this year has been caught. I'd have to double-check, but I know at least for the majority through that Chiefs game, like, I think they were 9-for-9 targeting him or something like that. He makes catches that are tough. When he's open, he's great after the catch. I agree. Like, as good as Devontae's been, I think you can make the argument Quez has been their best receiver through four games.
2: And do you realize that last weekend was the, only the fifth time in NFL history that no no uh, punts were done in a game? No, I did not realize
0: that. Is that really only the fifth time ever? Really? It was reported uh, on WIP wow. earlier today, I believe, yeah. Wow. That's wild, Dan. That's wild. All right, guys, take it easy. Always a pleasure, Dennis. Thanks for calling. All right, Elliot, tomorrow's game. Um, mm-hmm. You have said multiple times already the show all week must win game. It is October. Yeah. What's today? Hold on, hold on. October the 9th, So October the tenth is a must win game. I mean we have seen this team be five and seven and win out. We've seen this team be we've seen other teams be one and five and make the playoffs. One and four and make
4: the playoffs. 0 oh, and four and make the playoffs. What makes you say this is a must win game? because they have to win it, right? I mean, like, it's a it's a game they have to win. If you fall to one and four with Tampa Bay coming, you know, they look, I think in some ways, and we'll talk about it after the game, right? You don't want to move, you know, look ahead to Tampa. I think there's some advantageous matchups there, and you get them on a short week, but regardless, they're probably going to be six, seven, eight-point underdogs in that game. So, like, that is a very tough game. So, you lose this week. You likely lose to Tampa. You're one and five. Like, Las Vegas is not going to be an easy game. Like, Things could spiral out of control quickly. And ultimately, this, if they're going to make the playoffs, they have to win these type of games. There's enough sure losses on the schedule where you have to win the games or you have a chance to win. And they're only a three-point underdog in this game. And you know the fact that they're on the road, like Vegas is telling you that these teams are essentially even. And to get to eight, nine wins, you have to win them. Point blank, period. So it's important in the standings. It's also important for what it's worth in terms of playoff tiebreakers, right? Like you could potentially be competing with the Panthers, for a wild card spot, so you get the you would get the tiebreaker over them. But it's all it also comes back to my point of really the whole show, which is Sirianni needs wins to start building confidence amongst his players, and obviously the playoffs helps do that. And to get to the playoffs, you have to win this game. So I think it's an absolute must win.
0: Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you again. As someone who is not as as you know, concerned about the playoffs. Obviously, again, like I said, I want them to win every game I watch them play. I can't help it. But as someone who's not looking at this season or coming into this season saying, oh, playoffs is my goal or my belief or whatever, I'm not, you know, I, I, I don't, Look at this from a must-win from that perspective, but to your point, I do agree. If we're going to look up at the end of the season and they are a playoff team, it's because they won this game. And and you, like you said, maybe you know, 44 year old Brady on a short week, maybe they get lucky or something like that. Yeah. You know, they won that game in New England with Chip. We all remember that one. That San Francisco last year. We've seen many games where we thought they had no chance and they end up winning the game. But I, I'm inclined to agree with you. I I don't know if I would I would say must win, but. I'm definitely leaning more that way than not. Two one five five nine two ninety four nine four. Let's go to Tennessee and talk to our buddy Justin. What up, feller? What are you doing over What's there? Happened, you got feller? a lot of Hang action going on there. What up, Justin? Do what? It was loud when you came on. It was loud, my yeah, friend. Sorry
6: about that. My wife was talking to my son there trying to get him straightened out. Love
0: it, love it. What's on
7: your mind, pal? <laughs> uh
6: well, first I've got two things. Uh Ellie, I was listening to the new pod the other day.
7: Mm-hmm.
6: And when you talked about how you were so excited to watch Hocus Pocus, that really
4: hurt my heart. <laughs> Why? Well, have, have you not seen Hocus Pocus?
6: I'm a 44-year-old grown man, <laughs> and I don't have a
4: daughter, so no, I'm not. So James will probably
6: well, well, congrats, have to first watch
4: Hocus Pocus, but
6: I mean, Well, first, first like of all, congrats.
4: And you said you're about to have a daughter? No, he said he no, does I not don't have, have a, a daughter. daughter. Oh, Hence, oh okay. He is not I completely misheard Pricas. you. My apologies. Yes. Well, then yes. I take away yeah. your congrats because you should watch Hocus Pocus. <laughs> it's the best Halloween movie there is. Oh, it's it's God. a it's a um, mood setter for the season. Yeah, I think uh, we've all learned not to negative. take. Yeah, I think we've all learned yeah. not to
0: take Elliot's movie takes too seriously. Yeah, that would movie. be a
6: negative. If you want a tongue setter for Halloween, go to a John Carpenter. The classic Halloween. That's that's an tongue setter. Right? Yeah, I'll I'll take.
0: Yeah, I'll take Michael Myers over, uh, you know, Bette Midler, whoever it is, every day. The yeah, chair, yeah Jessica Bette Parker.
6: And, uh, the yeah, those two, yeah. But
0: uh, anyway, anyway, I want to run this by you, Elliot. Uh, uh, Justin, are you on like a speaker or something? It yeah, sounds like you're trouble. underwater, man. It's hard to understand. You. No, I, I'm
6: just on my phone, sorry.
0: All right, well, go do it quick because it's really hard to understand you. I'm sorry. Go ahead, just talk quick. I'm saying get to the point quick, Justin.
6: Would you trade one of the first round picks if we wind up with three yeah. for a legitimate, you know, defender, much like what the Colts did, getting the Forest mm-hmm. Butner from the 49ers? Would you take one of those first round picks for next year to get somebody? Because that's what I would look for. I don't think they're going to use three first round picks in the draft, and that's that's something I'm really I really want to look at. Get somebody that is a legit defender. And I'm sorry, I don't know what's wrong with my phone. But anyway, it's I'm going to get out there and keep listening. I love you,
0: boys. I'm All mate. right, thanks, Josh. We love you too, buddy. Um, interesting question, Elliot. We'll, we'll answer it when we get back, how you would kind of utilize those three draft picks. And, and that is obviously, I think, assuming they're not using them to move up and get a quarterback or whatever. So we'll get into that when we get back, as well as, again, your calls plus. Coming up next segment, I see two callers on the line. My next two callers, I have never been more sure that two callers will be on my side in an argument than I am, then the next two callers will be on my side. So, Elliot, we're coming for you next segment. Be ready. Can't wait. It's Elliot, it's James, it's Go Birds Radio. We're coming right back. It's Go Birds Radio, presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer with you till three. Rob Ellis up after that. Elliot down in Carolina. We're going to go back to the phones. Elliot, I'm going to let you—I teased before the break that the next two callers, I've never been more sure in a show that we were doing that two callers in a row would 100% be on my side when it comes to the most important, smartest thing for this Eagles team this season, for how this season should play out, playoffs or draft picks, future or now. I'm guessing you can guess the first one, right, Elliot? Do you want to, you want to, Elliot? So, for those who don't know, Elliot in Carolina cannot see the call screener today, so has no idea who I'm going to, but I'm guessing you can guess. Would you like to call the next caller up without seeing the screen, Elliot? Mad Mike from KOP. Welcome to the You're show. You're damn right. What up, Mike? Uh, hello, and James,
3: thank you for what you said to start the show off. Like, I, I just, like, it was almost everything I would say, but not mean, like I would say. So. <laughs> Elliot, I, I first of all, you say you're honest with your Birds fans. You, Nothing you've said can you honestly say was honest. First of all, saying Matt Rule, you would take Sirianni over Matt Rule, you shouldn't be a, an NFL insider or a reporter or anything after that because that's an asinine comment. And your Temple Pass? Because, fun fact, Mad Mike was a rower for Temple University. Your oh, Temple okay. pass oh. has been revoked
4: now. You're no longer – you You can be a Penn Stater for all I can. I am a man okay. of bad takes. <laughs> well, I don't so, want to be what? a Penn Stater. So, of all the hurtful things you've said to me over the years, that one hurts the most. <laughs> yeah, go
3: ahead. Go be a Penn Stater at Happy Valley.
4: Second of all, like, James, I
3: completely agree. Like, this team, making the playoffs is not – like, I don't want to limp into the playoffs with a garbage team and get whacked that does nothing for me what this team should be doing is figuring out who can play who can't play and you know what if we don't make the playoffs and finally Jeffrey Lurie gets his head out of his butt and then thinks oh you know what this idiot over here keeps drafting the wrong players because guess what the 2017 draft we're still feeling the ramifications of missing on every player like I'm sorry like if Howie Roseman gets cut. I mean, that's the best thing for the Eagles franchise going for. And, and like, I'm
1: uh,
3: Elliot. I, you know, you seem like a good guy, but I'd really wish you'd stop peeing on people and telling everybody it's raining. Cause that's what you're doing. Like, no, but you're I'm not. Biggest? But here's
4: the, here's the thing, Mike. Mike. Here's the thing. Like your and James' whole premise is based off the fact that if they get into the playoffs, they'll limp in. and It won't be impressive, and they'll get smacked. Like, hey, they're one and three that, right, right now. Like, what else they gonna a bad do? Bad roster. I need but, to but have again, no. But again, the premise like... is if they make the playoffs. The premise is making the playoffs. So if they make the playoffs, they're gonna look different. If they win eight, nine games, that it's probably gonna take to get in. So yes, they're one and three for right Allian. now. Oh, it's bad, going will look different
3: if they make the playoffs. Let me let me say this. Like, regard if they make the playoffs, right? Let's look to the future. You have you Fletcher Cox really. If we're legitimate, should not be coming back. He's too expensive. He doesn't produce. And you, yet Graham, they
0: extended him, so he'll yeah, be back. Great. So but great. Brandon
3: Graham most likely his career is never going to be the same.
0: You have no defensive. I'm end. shocked to hear like, you
3: believe that. By the way, Mike.
0: I mean he's What's not that? wrong though. I mean an Achilles no, injury for someone that age is a tough injury. It's a very I, tough. Spot,
3: Derek Barnett can't be back, so you need defensive ends. You have zero linebackers on your team. James Seltzer is a
4: better linebacker than Alex Singleton at this point. Okay, Mike, Mike, you said let's look to the future. Mike, you said let's look to the future. You're only looking at the defensive side of the ball. If they make the playoffs, but it'll be Because they the backup. have zero talent be- on that defensive side. You keep ignoring. Like,
3: the fact is, you think they have talent there or you think they have people for the future. They have nothing. They have zero. They could spend all of the next draft bringing in defensive players they still wouldn't be able to like r- put a full roster together. Okay, I've never
0: Mike, said, Mike, Mike, hold on, hold on, Elliot, t- Mike, outstanding call, outstanding okay. call. Keep them coming.
4: No, I think outstanding is strong by the Fantastic way. Fantastic, I love call, our calls, but outstanding one of Mike's best strong. calls but, ever. Okay, but but here's the thing: he everyone keeps pointing the defensive side of the ball, like and then saying, I'm looking over it. Well, everyone else is also looking over the offensive side of the ball. Like, Mike just said, if you look at the future, you know, no linebackers, no talent on defense. I'm not disagreeing with that. But I think also, Mike needs to acknowledge, and, and I guess you and other people, that if they make the playoffs, it'll be on the backs of young players on offense. This is no longer a veteran man, team on offense. Man,
0: again, again, Mike, making the playoffs, first and foremost, like, if they make the playoffs, like, you make it seem like they're this super impressive team, man. Like, eight wins to make the playoffs is not impressive. I'm not gonna to be like, oh my God, Jalen Hurts is the answer. Nick Sirianni is the answer. If they win eight games, man, you're acting like this yeah, but, is like, but, we're going to yeah, be so impressed. And to Mike's point, like this season should have never been about making the playoffs. i said this to you in the off season. I've said it the whole time. Like the whole idea of like trying to compete while trying to rebuild, like enough, enough, like Focus on what's important, rebuilding this franchise. You kept making the same mistake over and over and over again, year after year after the Super Bowl, of not just saying, all right, you know, we won the Super Bowl, that was awesome, but now it's time to turn the page, time to move forward, and they still can't get out of that mindset. Like, play young players, focus on development, worry about what you
4: have for the future, and the playoffs are secondary. Like, that should have been the primary focus of the team this season. Yeah, but you, all right, so look, in 2016, you brought this up. They won seven games, didn't make the playoffs, right? They won seven games, and we would both agree, like, set the stage for 2017. Would you agree with that? Yes. Okay, so. I,
0: but, but they were a way, way, way better roster in 2016 than now. Like, way better. That's the well, big difference. Like, we've talked about so many times. Like, think about all the pieces they had on defense, on offense, guys who would become huge parts of the Super Bowl team. Like,
4: I don't believe in this roster like that. Yeah, but but, but the point I was going to make was, the reason they were able to use that as a ju- as a jumping off point is because they won seven games, right? And they were competitive, and and they didn't really get knocked out of playoff contention. If I'm not mistaken, until like four games ago, no, 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 they or were four so,
0: and nine like going into the, the last three games, right. they won three but,
4: straight. Right, but here's what I'm saying though: that for them to make the playoffs this year, you're talking about them winning maybe one more game than it did in 2016. That third wild card spot, I've heard. Joe DeCamera definitely say it and I think I think you've said it. Like the third wild card spot could be an eight win team. So look, if you're saying you think it's advantageous for them to only win like four games and to pick number seven, you know, I, I disagree, but at least then you're picking high. But I'm not hearing you say that. You're saying... they Oh, I I think it would be advantageous. I'm just saying... You'd rather see them lose. No, I'm sorry, not see them lose, because I know you want them to
0: win. I can't, I'm just saying I'm okay if they lose, if they lose the right way, if we see progress, if we see development, if we see them playing young players. Again, like get the, like Zach Ertz, like play Dallas Goddard more than Zach Ertz. Make a decision on this guy. Are you going to pay him or not? Mm. Like there's so many things that this team needs to figure out for its future Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's get to the uh, let's let someone else do my job for me for a minute. Let's get to the other caller who I am a hundred percent sure is on my side. Let's go to Texas and talk to our buddy CJ. CJ, he's all yours.
8: Yo, you already know I was coming for head. Oh man, one, I
2: know I hear What has Elliot been
8: saying in. all all season? Oh, this yeah. defense is lights out. They brought Wilson in. They brought Harrison.
2: Yeah.
8: And this guy looks like trash. Oh, now, all these people. Hold we hold kept telling you like, hey, dude, we don't have any depth. Oh, it doesn't matter because Howie did a great, had a great off season after the whole, after the winch thing. No, Elliot, we're not deep. We're not a good team. No, we can get to 11 wins. No, Elliot, we're not built like that. All right, well, hold on, let me address and some say... of this stuff.
4: CJ, real quick, let me address some of this stuff because I look forward to talking to you about this, right? So the defense has not played well the last two weeks. Absolutely. I agree with that, right? Eric Wilson's played poorly. I was wrong about the Eric Wilson signing. The defense was pretty good the first two weeks, and I think that tomorrow we'll get a better indication of where this defense is at. I didn't like the game plan against the Chiefs and the Cowboys. They look they good because they played bad
8: they play. teams.
4: But the Chiefs and the Cowboys are arguably the two best offenses in the league. Like I want to say,
8: but we're talk- but we played two of the worst offenses.
4: And what and what did they do against them?
8: It's what they I'm dominated. saying you say, Oh, the defense looked good. You say the defense looked good against Bad offenses.
4: And they looked bad against great offenses. That's why I'm excited to see them tomorrow. Okay, into okay their cool.
8: Life. I'm glad you make that point because that's the reason why we're saying we need more talent.
4: Having, I'm I agree sorry, they need more playoff, talent on defense. I've never once this said that. This the new they don't playoff scheme
8: that they're talking about is the equivalent of the school saying everybody must get on the team, everybody on the team must play. No, you didn't earn a spot. So backing into well, the playoffs not, it's not
4: the same and thing not all, making
8: though. it to where we can get more talent to compete against the top-tier teams, not the 8-8 eight eight teams. Nobody wants to be in the 8-8 eight eight
4: mudduck. We Wait, want you know to be amongst the elite. teams. You know who would kill to beat the, the, those 8-win teams? The teams that, drop, that draft in the top five every year. The Jaguars would kill. We're not those team.
8: teams. Yeah. Hey, I'm well, an Eagle team. We're not to saying, They're
4: not those teams. That's the point I'm making, is that to, they should be no, there No, but what we're saying, saying is we enough, can, rebound. Yeah, and we're saying the playoffs, can rebound. We can rebound
8: out of it quicker. We're saying with the right GM. And the right uh, scouting scouting team, we can say, hey, let's take these two or three bad years, retool and get back to Eagles football, not the Lions. We're not trying to say, oh, we're going to stay there. We're saying we're going to retool and come back harder with talent. Like, Like James is saying, like, hey, we didn't make the playoffs that year, but we had a nucleus of people that was ready to get on. Not, hey, we made the playoffs. Doug want okay, to shoot No, you're he's out
4: of Right. The, the nucleus you're talking about. How many of those players were picked in the top five?
8: How many like, of those the, players the, the were actually Howie's we
4: picks, How many of those
8: picks draft. were actually Howie's picks and not some of Chip's picks and not some of other people's picks?
4: Right, but the Howie thing is irrelevant to talk about, Ray, when you're talking about... No, the about Howie thing is, is very everything. relevant. It's everything. You know why? No, no, no. You know not, you're why saying we you want high graphics, if you had I'm saying hit, I'd rather make if the Howie playoffs. Had to Howie hit on
8: a receiver to do. A while oh, hold up. Get, you if he had a hit either, on Elliot, let's a while CJ talk. Ago, go ahead, CJ. If Howie had to hit on a lot of these players, like not Sidney Jones, not freaking this guy that keeps getting all these penalties, not these receivers that we keep having to draft year after year, we could, hmm, I don't know, maybe build a defense. CJ, just do we can't keep doing the same dumb things and saying our fandom is going to make us great. No, it doesn't work that way.
0: CJ, great call, brother. Great call. Call again, obviously. I know you will. Um, yeah, I, I think CJ nailed it. I think you're underrating that where this fran. You're overrating where this franchise is and underrating what the smartest thing is to do
4: for the franchise moving forward. Yeah. So first. Love when CJ calls. Love Best. debating him. I apologize if I was talking over him. It's too just
0: much, your, mu- yeah. When you're on the road, it's hard to hear you over yeah, him, so bad. it kind of melds together,
4: right? But here, here's the point I was trying to make: is that like the Eagles are better off making the playoffs because then they're not the teams you guys are talking about. Like I agree that ultimately, if you could pick in the top five every year, like yes, you you have a better chance of getting elite talent. But I believe winning matters. Like I believe that building a winning program like matters, right? Like getting this team in the playoffs, having Jalen Hurts lead them there. I agree with everybody saying they need talent on defense. I agree with that. I'm not saying that they don't need young talent on defense. To use your term, they need blue chippers on defense. They do, right? But they also need to have certainty at head coach. They need to have certainty at quarterback. And winning games and making the playoffs helps cement that.
0: 215 592 94 Where do you stand on this? Dude, what do you think is more important for the future of this franchise moving forward? Making the playoffs or building for the future, getting a higher draft, but getting rid of Howie Roseman? Two one five five nine two ninety four nine four. Plus, coming up next, Elliot uh, mentioned it earlier Joe Giglio with a very interesting draft take this week based on this past draft and Devontae Smith. What is it we'll tell you next, and where do we stand on it? We'll tell you that next as well. It's Elliot to James. It's Go Birds Radio, and let me remind you that pro and football and college football are in full swing. The Park Sportsbook app has you covered. It's the only sportsbook casino app that we here at Go Birds recommend. It's based right here in the Delaware Valley. Parks is the home team for sports betting. New customers, if you sign up right now, you get your first bet risk-free up to five hundred. Yes, a risk-free bet up to $500. It is a great deal. There is so much fun to be had while you're watching these games. Live-in-game betting lets you actually bet as the game is happening. There are wild swings. The line goes back and forth. It is a blast. And, of course, you can bet more than the score. You can bet on player performances, passing and rushing yards, touchdowns, halftime score, who scores first, and so much more get in on the action now and speaking of action like i always say it's just so much more fun to watch these games with a little action on it we're all going to be watching football tomorrow anyway why not have a little bit of action on a game that you might not be quite as invested in it just makes it more fun and the app's fun it's easy to use it's intuitive and again here's the deal new customers if you sign up right now you get your first bet risk-free up to 500 dollars. again a 500 hundred dollar risk-free bet your uh, risk-free bet is refunded in site credit. The website has terms and conditions. Download the app or click parkscasino.com slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS.
2: Jim. James. Jimothy. Elia, Elia.
0: GoBirds Radio. Presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. Motion Kravitz by the glass. Bringing it. Elliott Shore Parks, James Seltzer with you. Elliot. down in Carolina. How is it down there, buddy? We already heard Elliot told us there are a lot of Eagles fans down in Carolina. Hopefully that number grows and grows. Anything else interesting down there in Carolina, pal?
4: Yeah, so I actually did something very out of character for myself today, and I'm oh. sure people can make a lot of jokes with that statement, right? But <laughs> So in Carolina, they have these scooters. That you can just, like, rent, right? And the, the electric them, ones
0: that you can, you know, yeah, just, and they,
4: cool, they cool, just cool, cool. leave them all, all over the street. Sure. So A, I, a, rent a one ride today. share,
0: as it were. Yes.
4: Yes, yes. So I rented one today, me and Kristen did, and we scooted around the town. It was, it was interesting.
0: <laughs> scooted. Yeah. It's a good word. Scooted. scooted. Also,
4: I have, look, it's been a big week on the station. Angelo made his major announcement, yes. right, about him retiring. Yes. Shout out to Angelo. Howard then made a major announcement. I have a major and, announcement. And our,
0: our new well. program director started this week as well. Shout out yes. to Rod Lakin. And so, yeah, it's been a massive week here at WIP. Yes, I have a major announcement. Oh, to buddy. Make well. All right, so let's see if it's of the Angelo major variety or the Howard
4: major variety. I'm officially a run-the-ball guy. Wow! I am in. I'm over the whole, like, analytics, say pass it, blah, blah, blah. Nope, I'm over it. Welcome I think the— the Brandon Staley comment that he made this week changed my perception of it. <laughs> I am now all in on running the ball. To be Whoa, honest, I've been leading belly. this player over the last few weeks, but I think now like, I'm officially in. Run the ball, set the tone, be the aggressor, forget throwing it 50 times a game. I am in on running the ball.
0: Yeah, and, and I've always been more that way than you. You know, we've debated mm-hmm. this in the past numerous times. So nice to hear this. And I do think, look, I, we talked about it before, but I do think it really matters. And John Ritchie was talking about on the station this week. Basically, he's like, yeah, man, he's like, you know, football, he's like, all this other stuff is great. You know, the, the team camaraderie, this and that, all that stuff. He's like, ultimately, he's like on a basic level, football comes down to who's the bigger badass, you got yeah. a guy in front of you, and you're there, and which one of you is a bigger badass? And, and it was a great way to put it, and it, and it goes with that whole mantra of, of toughness, setting the tone, why you run the ball, why you... I mean, Richie loves to talk about that, that Raiders-Eagles game where the Raiders ran the ball for, like, 300 yards or whatever it is against the Eagles, and he always talks about how, like, he's like, we broke their will. He's like, I saw their will be broken on mm-hmm. the field. I saw them give up. And he's like that – like he's still t- – it was just a regular season game, and it's one that has stuck with him for that specific reason of how like when you can continue – we've seen it the last couple weeks, right, with with Dallas and Kansas City. Like when a team can just continually dominate on the lines and run the ball on you in five yards, eight yards, ten yards, two yards, five
4: yards, like it it just crushes your soul uh, as the opposing team. Yeah, and I also think an interesting point Brandon Staley made, which I would never considered was – they are plays that are to a certain degree breaks for the quarterback, right? Like if, if you're if you're Jalen Hurts, he threw it forty eight times last game. He's basically getting no snaps off. Every single snap he's out there, he's you know, surveying the field. He's involved in every snap. And I like the idea too of saying, you know what? Let the running back and the offensive line take over the yep. offense first. Help snap. out a young so, quarterback. Yep. I am I am all in on running the wow. I'm yeah, a I run mean, the ball guy.
0: Dare I say, uh, of all the announcements, probably the biggest one all week, right? I mean,
4: you know. Yeah, I, I would say so. <laughs> that or Angelo. Thing that Pretty close. The most, you know? yeah. yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> all right, let's go back to the voting. It's 215-592-9494 coming up in a bit. We'll get to the interesting draft hypothetical that uh, Joe Giglio brought up earlier this week. For now, we were just talking about being down in Carolina. Let's go down to Carolina, go to Charlotte and talk to Keegan. Hey, Keegan.
4: Hey, what's up,
7: guys? How you doing?
4: What's going on, man? How you doing?
7: nothing nothing first uh long-time listener first time call and i wanted it to be to the go birds radio so i called it the future there's uh you know no debate as to which uh, show i'm gonna call keegan my Um, hero this is beautiful uh i'm from philly i moved down to charlotte about three years ago you mentioned suicide awareness Real quick, just wanted to bring up, my best friend actually committed suicide in Philadelphia, jumped off the Ben Franklin Bridge, oh, and so that's kind of what prompted my journey to Charlotte. And, you know, I'll say this, su- you know, we got to take suicide awareness seriously. Um, so if you can go out to the walks or donate, it's definitely important. Uh, impacts a lot of people, but um, that personally point. started me on my it. journey. Thank you, thank you. It was definitely, um, I mean, it's been tough, but... You know, I feel like every for every, and I'm hoping it's kind of the same with the Eagles, for every down, you know, when there's darkness, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think personally, to bring it back to what you guys were talking about, you know, I think the draft picks matter, but then I question who's making the draft picks, right? Like, what will it take to get Howie out of this organization? And I'm not sure anything other than a promotion up like we saw with Chip is going to happen. So I would rather, you know, see them try to make the playoffs because I believe in Jalen Hurts and I'd like to see him succeed. I think, you know, like Elliot said, we do have some promising pieces on offense. I do think the defense, however, we need to draft a lot better. In the 2017 draft, you know, is a perfect example of Howie. Um, but for me personally, my journey started in darkness, came to Charlotte, and now I'm going back to school for physics. Um, awesome after, you know, already having a business degree from Drexel. So, you know, my best friend's death kind of inspired me to make dramatic changes in my life. And, um, you know, I don't know if the Eagles playing – you know, it's not really great analogy, but –
0: No, I know, but Keegan, you Keegan we appreciate you, you saying that and, and uh, you know, really, uh, you know, uh, so sorry to hear about your friend and, and to take that horrible experience and try and use it to, to move your life forward I think is – um, you know, a beautiful thing, and and uh, I'm really sorry you had to go through that. And I'm you know I'm happy you're finding finding yourself down there in Charlotte. So good luck, buddy. Keep calling us, okay? Great call. Thanks. I definitely will. Go birds. Go birds.
4: Thanks, Keegan. So, yeah. No, yeah. And, uh, great to hear from Keegan. Happy to see he's he's doing well. Let me just throw this out there, and I'm not trying to turn the whole show into this, but if if the Eagles win nine games this year, like let's just take down walk down the hypothetical. with me. They win nine games, and they do it because Jalen Hurts plays well, Devontae plays well, Goddard plays well. The defense is good enough when they need to be. Like, why do people still then want Howie out? Like, I, I look, I'm ready to put my hands up. As you know, we are a hand-up pod when we're wrong. We'll say it. I was wrong about Eric Wilson. I was wrong about Ryan Kerrigan. But wouldn't ultimately people want them to win And with Howie? Like, h- hiring a new general manager is not an easy process. You can point to Howie's flaws all you want. He still has been a successful general manager. Like, I think like this idea that the team is better off if you know they have to find a quarterback or they need to need a new GM or if they figure out Sirianni's not the answer. Like I, I just don't see that. I mean, the best situation for this team is if these guys prove to be the answer. Look,
0: I, I again with Hertz, uh, I'm with you. I agree with that general thought. But but Howie has had a lot of time and a lot of evidence to show that he is going to keep going back to the Howie Roseman flaws. Like yes, he mm-hmm. has had success too. But when we see this this character flaw or whatever you want to call it, flaw as a general manager where he keeps going back to this and keeps making the same mistakes over and over again, even if there is a respite in the middle, like, it doesn't inspire confidence in him. Like, I understand that if they made the playoffs, that would mean that they were a little bit better, and maybe we look at them more favorably. But that does, still doesn't mean that I think he did a good job building this team, that I think this roster is set for the future, that he, I think he's done a good job drafting. I don't. I don't think that. I, and, I, again, I think the issues with the culture, with him and Lori, with the whole thing that we heard about all offseason, I, I just don't think that goes away just because mm-hmm. you won eight games or nine games. Like, You know, anyone can win eight or nine games. Ben McAdoo won 11 games. Like, you can have a season where the ball bounces the right way or things go well or whatever. That doesn't mean that your organization's in great shape. I think that Ben McAdoo 11-win season is a perfect example of that. The Giants haven't made the playoffs since. They're a dumpster fire year after year. But Ben McAdoo was like, 11 wins. Look where we are. Look at the future. And then, then, you know, you end up with David Gettleman for seven years or whatever it is. You know what I mean? So, I, I... Just because they made the playoffs, if they did, doesn't mean that Howie did a great job or led them to the playoffs or
4: is on the right
0: track as a franchise.
4: Yeah, and look, if if at the end of the year it's clear that they're not where they need to be, like, I'll say it. I'll say then you probably have to move on from Howie. Like, if if at the end of the year they fire Nick Sirianni, which I don't think is going to happen, but me and you would both agree there's a, you know, a better than 0% chance it happens. Like, it could certainly happen. Then you have to fire Howie, too. I'm not just going to continually say Howie's the guy. The only point I'm making is, it's better for this franchise if they start winning games. Like, they they, they are better off if they keep Howie, Nick Sirianni, and Jalen Hurts, and those three prove to be good enough to, you know, make the playoffs this year and then take a step forward next year. Like, that's the best path forward for this team.
0: All right, from one Carolina to another, let's go to South Carolina and talk to our buddy Rick. Hey, Rick.
4: Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? What's going on, Rick?
2: Hey uh, Elliot, welcome to the Carolinas. I, I live, uh, Charlotte sits on the border. I live just mm. over the border on the South Carolina side. So tomorrow will awesome. be my fourth. Yeah, uh, I, if uh, I, I would like to meet you tomorrow before the game if there's a, are you at like the yeah, look, so, fans uh, of Philly, please?
4: Yeah, the fans of Philly tailgate. Okay. Uh, I'll be down right. there for a few hours. Okay. And uh, yeah, everyone okay. that's, everyone that's so, in Carolina should try to stop by. That's
2: awesome, definitely go, yeah, that's, that's really cool. That sounds good, I hope uh, I hope to see a break in the cycle. My, uh, the first game I went to, uh, Eagles and Panthers. Uh, Eagles won, but McNabb got a broken rib in the end zone. It was a dirty hit mm-hmm. after he had scored. Yep. The second one I went to was an uh, uh, ugly Sammy Sleeves game. I think it was a Thursday night game. That was ugly. <clears throat> the third one was the 2017 season. Oh, so you uh, saw so a good one. The win. You saw a yeah, good back one. back to the win column. Yeah. Uh, back to the win column. And then this one, you know, we'll see. But I, I, I'm optimistic. So, uh, anyway... Um, real quick i you got to do something on defense you know bring in tj edwards mix up your coverages your alignments uh you know do do something different right aggressive two guys yeah Instead of two guys back at the goal line all the time so um and the uh you know just like last year i was thinking about this last year now we don't really care that uh they lost that last game it actually you know there was controversy at the time but you know, we got a better draft hit. We got Devonta. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, same, same thing. Uh, not making the playoffs this year. In the long run, I don't think that's a big deal, James. So I would, I would side with you on that one. Um, on the on the running topic, if I could. Sure. Yeah. I, I'm all I'm all for running. And I saw an interesting play. They scored against the Chiefs. They it was near the goal line. They put four wide out and Gaines scored. And I was thinking about this with four wide out, you put four defenders. Now it's seven on seven in the box, you got seven, and you've got two runners, right? You've got and you've got two great runners, right? So I think that could that particular you know, uh setup think, could yeah, sure. you know work well for them. Yeah.
4: Rick, great call as always, my friend. Yeah, yeah I-, I think uh but just real quick, I-, I just think this game against Carolina tomorrow is such a I don't want to say like tone setter, but it really I think will give us a great look. Of where this team is at because again the defense has been bad the last two weeks i'm not disputing that but they were really good the first two weeks and certainly there's been a a stark difference in the opponents that they've played the Mm -hmm. last two weeks great you know great offenses first two weeks you know niners you could you could argue but obviously not as good offenses i think tomorrow right down the middle i think the panthers are 13th in offense if i'm not mistaken like they don't have mccaffrey but i'm very interested to see how this defense looks and also if they're more aggressive right there was a report from Marcus Hayes this week that Nick Sirianni really laid into the coaching staff and I wonder if you'll see a different kind of approach now you might have seen it anyway because they're playing a not as good of an offense and maybe they'll be a little more aggressive but I think tomorrow is such a huge game for the defense
0: yeah I am very 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 with you on that especially with the tone of the city especially like you point yeah. out with Marcus Hayes's article talking about how Sirianni choosing Gannon and all that like yeah, Jonathan Gannon and the defense are the ones that are on the, the hot seat, so to speak, this week with this week's game. And and especially, like you said, look, Sam Darnold's fine. He he seems like he's a, a decent quarterback, and he might end up being better than that down the road. But, like, this is not a juggernaut offense. You should be able to stop these guys. So I'm with you. It's going to be a big one. Let's go to Westchester and talk to Enzo. Hey, buddy.
9: Hey, guys. How's everybody doing?
0: <clears throat> What's
8: going on, Steve? Enzo?
0: You started the show, like, you took the words out of my mouth, like Mike said earlier.
9: Um, and Elliot, before I start on you, I'm not trying to rip you. I want to understand your logic, but there's two things. Oh, good, man. I, I very thing. much enjoy debate, so I want to hear what you have to say. No, I want to hear your logic, on, but, um, mm-hmm. there's two things that will never be in this world, and that's a movie critic or a food critic. Mustard <laughs> on a cheesesteak. You put mustard on like, that's like putting, like, a prime rib
4: sandwich. You're going to put mustard on it. <laughs> well, let me ask you something, Enzo. Have you tried mustard on a cheesesteak? All right. I mean, you got me there. That's a fair I point. know. He said the oh, same thing to me. and I never and would. I, I, Yeah. I never Exactly.
0: It was like, there, so, but there the are thing. certain things to... you don't need to try to know. Not many. I'm a big know. try yes. things guy, but there are certain things you don't need to
4: try to Look, know. Look, yes. I could try it and not like it. I'm just saying I'd be open to trying it. I'm intrigued by it. I like mustard. I like cheese sticks. Like, I'd give it a shot. <laughs> All right.
9: I'm, I'm trying to understand something. You think if we win eight to nine games this season – that things are going to turn around for the future? Because the whole premise of today's show is the question was, the future or when we yep. to make the playoffs this year? So if we make the playoffs this year, you think that the organization as a whole is going to be more balanced moving forward year
4: after year, correct? So I, I think making the That's playoffs this year is – Yeah, so my, my logic is I think making the playoffs this year is beneficial for Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni. And ultimately, this franchise is going to go as far as the, those two take them until they replace one of them, right? So for me, Absolutely. I want to see Jalen Hurts and Sirianni win games, get to the playoffs, and have confidence going into next year instead of like you know not, not be competitive this year and get a top five pick. I think it's more important, while acknowledging they need talent on defense and acknowledging the benefits of a top pick, I think the benefits okay. for Sirianni and Hurts are more important.
9: Okay, so the, all that, what you just said, let's just put, now put into factor all the off-season stuff that went on and then all the hoopla. Do you think Nick and Jalen, if we go with your scenario, are going to feel comfortable moving
4: forward with the organization? Yes. I think if they make the playoffs, wow. Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni will feel comfortable with the organization.
9: Knowing that we can't draft balanced players on both sides of the field, offense and defense, knowing that's a proven fact, we're going on our fourth coach. So let's let's put four coaches aside. We went through three coaches, and we want to – stick with Howie your words are let's stick with Howie because you don't think it's Howie how can you say it's not the front well, organization
4: here so, so I didn't say that I don't think it's Howie Howie holds a lot of blame in what's gone wrong with the team right like for sure he's missed on draft picks the point I'm making is the team is better off not having to blow it up like Howie has his flaws a hundred percent Howie is not a, a great general manager right But Howie does have a resume of success. People don't want to hear that. But overall, his resume is successful. There's a lot of things he does do well as a general manager. And his drafting as of late, I think, has been better. Gainwell looks good. Devontae Smith looks good. Like, right, Dillard, I think, has played okay. So ultimately, yes, Howie's not perfect. But I would rather stick with a trio that made the playoffs than having to go into next offseason wondering if I have to replace all three.
9: I strongly disagree, and I'm going to touch on Fletch
4: real quick. Real quick, Enzo, we're up
9: against it. All
4: right, I've,
9: I've been hard on Fletch as I should be, but at the same time, the Fletcher side—he sees an organization that doesn't want to bring any help on the defensive side. So I kind of can't blame the damn guy. He signed for a check. He made a business move. Uh,
2: we're not help. And I get your point. I get. And
0: great work. call. But uh, come on, man. I mean, you're making that kind of money. Like, nah, nah. I
4: can't well, come for that. Super quick. I mean. In terms of not making investments, like their biggest free agency signings were on the defensive side of the ball. They weren't good ones, but they were. Yeah, well,
0: 215-592-9494, it is time for Elliott's player to watch for Sunday's must-win game. According to him, player to watch is brought to you by your local Tri-State Toyota dealers, proud partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Toyota, let's go places, let's go Eagles. Elliott, who is
4: your player to watch? So I'm going to give a player, but I'm going to more focus on a whole position group. For me, it's Jordan Mailata. Because if Jordan Mailata can go to the right side and play well, everything falls in line for this offensive line. Then you have Driscoll at right guard. You have Dickerson at left guard. You can keep Dillard at left tackle. If, if Mailata was still playing the left side, Dillard doesn't have a home, right? And one thing this team is going to have to do is rebuild their offensive line because they are a little bit older, or at least their five starters are. Going up against a really good Carolina defensive line, they have good pass rushers, uh, You know Brian Burns, uh, they have quality guys there. If this defensive line tomorrow with four young players and then Kelsey in the middle can go out and play well, all of a sudden like you're seeing the future of this of this offensive line. So for me, my lot of playing well on the right side sets everything into motion, and it sets this offensive line up for the future. It's
0: a really good, interesting point there. Uh, again, that's Elliott's Player to Watch, brought to you by your local Tri-State Toyota dealers. Coming up next, I promise, we will dive into that. Uh, uh, interesting hypothetical Joe Giglio brought up Earlier this week, and continue to take your calls. Eagles, Panthers, and of course, what is smarter for this team for the future? The future draft picks. how we gone or now? The playoffs. Hurts Sirianni. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Tell you to James. It's Go Birds Radio. We're coming right back. It is Go Birds Radio, presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. Elliot for Parks. James Seltzer with you till three. Robbie E coming up next. Let's go back to the phones. Coming up in a couple minutes, we will get to the uh, interesting hypothetical Joe Giglio posed this week on the station. That's coming up in a few. First, let's go back to the phones. Go back to our buddy Tom in Vancouver. Hey, Tommy. Hello, hello. How are you, gentlemen? Doing? We're doing good, Tommy. How are you?
10: I'm doing well, thanks. And Elliot, how's the experience of doing it by phone? I know you did that before the season. You did. Uh, you had to yeah. do some phone ones. How are you finding it now?
4: It's, it's tough. I'm not going to lie. Like it's, it's a little tougher to interact with the callers. It's just, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I look, I'll do everything I can to be on the air. I love doing it, but it's nothing beats being in the studio. Yeah.
0: Inside baseball, but I think any Tom, anything you do in this business, like when you're talking to someone, it's just, it's always better when you're in the same room with them, when you can see them, you can read their cues, you can, you know, it is, you know, when they're done talking, like all that type of stuff, it is way, way, way easier to do together.
4: But it's also you know, easier, well, Tom, when you got a pro like James. You know, so as always, James makes everything. Well, James easy. is a pro, and Elliot, exactly. I
10: think you're doing a fantastic job because if, from Appreciate a it. from a listener perspective, it's almost impossible to tell that uh, in terms of the quality of your, your comments and arguments Thanks, that you're not in the awesome. yeah in the studio. That's so, reassuring okay. to hear. Thank yeah. you, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. You deserve it. I, <laughs> I'm overall, I'm on James's side, but I, I actually think. Elliot, you've got some really, you do have some compelling arguments there, um, and I can certainly see it being a must win if you don't want to kiss Howard's behind. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, amen
4: for that. Well, to be clear. He doesn't have behind. to, yeah. yeah. Elliot, yeah.
0: It, it's a one-way thing somehow. Yeah. I, think you, I think Elliot has to donate to a charity or something, right, if he loses? Which I'm child. happy to do. Exactly, yes, yeah. yeah. Much, much less of an imposition than, you know, the other.
10: So I did an interesting exercise, um, while, uh, actually, while I was on hold. I went through pff and i looked at the offensive uh rankings and the defensive rankings and i looked at the uh, the eagles competitions ones they played and the ones they have coming up and it's actually pretty telling because in terms of uh in terms of offense and defense the falcons are horrible on both sides and it was a win the 49ers were average and the eagles could have won that game the cowboys are number one in offense and number 16 so average in defense Mm -hmm. and that was uh, clearly a loss and if you think about this in terms of how the defense has been playing and the chiefs by the way are number two in offense and number 31 in defense so if you think about that in terms of how we've been seeing the team playing it sounds like it seems like if this would were to hold up it's a very average team we're looking at and it's depending on the competition they're uh, facing so the yeah. score is going to be the offensive scores are going to be really high when playing a lousy team and uh, with lousy defense, and they're going to be the the scores are going to be uh, really low when playing something with a high defense and vice versa. So, so it seems like it's a very average team, and that has me concerned when we're talking about getting into the playoffs with the uh, with eight or nine wins. I prefer it to be a little bit higher, like about ten wins. And if they do, if they were to make it in with that, even though I agree with all of James's comments. Then I still think it means that obviously, in order to get into that position, that the team must have done some really great things to be able to pull off 10 wins.
0: That's a really interesting point, Tommy, and and great call as always. And and the idea of the the difference of what type of team is entering the playoffs because I, I do get that point. Uh, you know, the idea if they can win 10 games, if they can, you know, which essentially if they're going to win 10 games, that means they're going nine and four down the stretch. Then that's a different story than than an eight win team that goes you know six and four or six and six or whatever be down the six and bad math seven and five do the math seven and five <laughs> down the stretch sorry about that um, you know it is different he's right it is a different uh, uh, kind of perspective on the team and all that so I, I don't know what 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 do you think about that
4: yeah well first Tom shout out always brings great points and interesting stats to to, to the show but I, I think like not to repeat myself but I think it's so true in previewing this game tomorrow when you hear what Tom said in terms of the extremes, right? Like the first two offenses, not that great. The last two elite, the defense, like all those extremes, the Panthers really are about a down-the-middle team as there is right now. And I know they're 3-1. and one, but And I would say the their Jets.
0: defense is probably better than average, not you know top Agreed. level, yes. but
4: it's better than average, I would say. Agreed. Now they won't have Shaq Thompson. They're, obviously, J.C. Horn has been out. So yeah. I think they're missing some of their guys. And but, Stephon you know, Gilmore the,
0: can't play for them until next week, so.
4: Yeah, exactly. But also in terms of their defensive rankings, I mean, they have played the Jets and the Texans. So like that, that does yeah, help. That's when a fair played, point. And when they played the Cowboys last week, they gave up 36 points. Now I didn't, I, I'm pretty sure that those were all defensive points allowed. I don't think the offense had pick six or anything like that. Yeah. So, well, Dak had, had four defense- touchdown
0: passes. So I'm I'm pretty sure. And I think Zeke had a rushing touchdown. So I would guess they were
4: all offensive. Right. So, you know, you can make the argument the Eagles defense played the Cowboys better when the or I guess we'd be almost nah, right about even. I mean, but regardless, yeah. the Panthers got lit up by, by the Cowboys. So I, I yeah, think that, that one was
0: 1413 at the half. Dallas had a big third quarter. So I think they were a yep. little more in it, you know, where the Eagles had kind of, you know, I know they were in it for, for part of the first quarter, but it fell apart pretty quickly. But I understand your point. And look, it is hard only a month into the season to to gauge just how good the opponents are and how bad the opponents are. I think we could say Houston, yeah, they're bad. You know, the Jets are, are right. pretty bad. But like, you know, I think as as the season progresses we'll get a better feel. And I think I do feel you, you know good saying that Dallas's offense is good. So,
4: yeah. Um just out of curiosity, would you say, you know, you said that you in a month and it's hard to tell what a team is. But yeah, I agree. Like we know the Texans are bad. We know that the Jets are bad. Are, are you sure? Are you there yet? And saying like you know the Eagles are bad, or are you you not there yet?
0: Yeah, I, I feel pretty confident. Not that the Eagles are like I don't think they're the worst team in football. I don't think they're as bad as the Jags or or you know th- that point the Jets or whatever. But I, I think they're I think they're a a, a a below average team. I think is the mm-hmm. way I would say it.
4: Yeah, no, I think they're an average team. And quiz Watkins said something this week. And I think there's just a lot of truth to it. Like he said, you know, we feel like we're a few plays away from being that team, from being a much better team. I just
0: don't think that's true.
4: I don't. Okay. I just, I I do, but, but time will tell. And again, tomorrow's a great, tomorrow's a big one one for that.
0: All right. Back to the phones in a second. Uh, we mentioned it before Joe Giglio, a really interesting hypothetical on, um, I believe it was Thursday night. I was driving in the car to an event and I heard it and, um, talking about the idea of going back to the draft and we were all like super happy. I'm, I think a lot of us are still happy to have Devontae Smith here, but but he said, you know, you look back at it, they made a mistake. They should have taken Micah Parsons, who obviously Dallas took after trading back with the Eagles, to 12 that they should have drafted, traded up to take Micah Parsons instead of Devontae Smith. Uh, look, if nothing else, Micah Parsons obviously been very good in Dallas so far. He has been better than I expected. He is clearly a wildly talented athlete and all that stuff. Um, but I... I I personally, I'm not, I'm not there. I still would have Deva- rather have Devontae Smith, but I, I thought it was compelling. Where do you come down on it?
4: Yeah, it's, a, it's an extremely interesting question. And to what you said, I think it's important to enter this with saying both of us are extremely high on high on Devontae. I, I think Devontae's been great. I think Devontae's played just as well as Micah Parsons has. Like Micah Parsons has been good, but so has Devontae. He had the touchdown week one. He had 100 yards last week. So he's, he's certainly been a, a very good player as well. Where I think it's an interesting debate is kind of what we've been discussing the first, you know, hour and a half of the show is there's just not a lot of defensive talent on this roster that's young, right? Like, or really not a lot in general, but definitely that's young. And, you know, when you look at how important linebackers have are going to be in this Jonathan Gannon defense, and I know Parsons is now playing defensive end and maybe not like a true, true linebacker, but he's certainly a really interesting piece to use in that front seven. You know, I, I could see that, the, the benefit of taking him and having a tone setting like playmaking hard hitting guy in the top, in the front seven on defense.
0: Yeah. I, I look, I get it. I get the argument. I don't think it's like a crazy thing to say. I just think wide receivers are more valuable than linebackers in today's NFL. And, and I think a guy like Devonte Smith just has more ways to, to impact the game in a positive way than, than a Micah Parsons does. But I, I, look, I get it. And I also just, I believe in Devonte Smith, the player still even more yep, than I believe too. in Micah Parsons, the player. But look, I, I think both guys look like they're going to have really good NFL careers. And this is a an interesting hypothetical, Ali, like, because it's the kind of thing we could keep coming back to year after year after year after year and saying,
4: oh, well, but did they make the right decision? Yeah, and the other part of it, too, is like if you remove Devontae from that receiver group, like where are you then? Well, right? like that mean, was part Locken...
0: of my thought. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
4: So, so uh, you know, I think both are going to be very good players, and it's an interesting debate. I would still keep Devontae if I was given the choice. Like if I was offered that trade, I wouldn't do it. But it's definitely a lot more interesting than I thought it was on draft night.
0: Let's go back to the phones and go to Wisconsin and talk to Glenn. Hey, Glenn.
11: Hey, James. How are you doing? Good,
4: man. Good to hear from you again, bud. Uh,
11: going back to what you said about the draft, I think Elliot stole my comment. I mean, going into the year, if you don't draft a wide receiver, you're giving Jalen Hurts, Greg Ward, yep. Rager, who okay. had a terrible rookie year, and J.J. Sega Whiteside. And with those receivers, I don't know if you can truly evaluate an offense or a quarterback in there. So I think With the past drafts, you're kind of hamstrung there and you need a draft, a wide receiver that can give you a potential to be able to move an offense, be able to give other wide receivers options where they're not on the number one cornerback or anything. So I think at that point, you had to take a receiver since what we had. But maybe in the long run, Michael Parsons might be better than Devontae, but I don't think you can go linebacker there and then be like, oh, our offense is going to be – able to be evaluated what you, talent you had on there you no
0: know, it's a great point and also the idea that like I feel like right now the people who are thinking the, they want Parsons over Devontae it's just an overreaction to seeing the Eagles linebackers be so bad the first couple of weeks and and they need to get better there but you don't have to draft a guy in the first round to do that at
4: least in my opinion Well, and the, the other thing too is Ike Reese made this point prior to the draft we were on kind of different sides of the Devontae thing and his point was like you would rather have a cornerstone of your franchise be a big, hard-hitting, like, physical player than a 160-pound receiver. Now, I I would still take Devontae, but if we talked on this show and in general this week about the fact that they've been a bit passive on defense, I could also see an argument for getting that type of tone setter as one of your cornerstones is more sure. beneficial.
0: Yeah, I, I can see the argument,
2: like I said.
11: Wait, uh, I can get two other things in. One uh, of the things, is, is there a way the Eagles can get uh, – uh, the offensive line coach to sign a contract that he can never leave I'm <laughs> very impressed what he's done with Dillard after seeing on there and I just yeah. think every game going into there the only thing that I have hope for is that our offensive line is going to be prepared and that can keep us in the game and two I think the best way the Eagles finish up the season is they play well Jaren, Jalen Hurts looks good Devontae looks good it looks like Nick, Nick Sirianni gets a hold of uh, play calling they don't make the playoffs fire Howie, and be able to get three
4: first-round picks
0: oh, and hit on those. Glenn, you're you're talking my language, brother. Keep calling. We love the calls. You are talking my language. You know,
4: th- there's been a lot of talk this week about, like, leverage, you know, especially when talking about Ben Simmons. Like, who has leverage, who doesn't? I- is there someone in Philly sports right now, I mean, like, maybe Joel Embiid, but that has more leverage than Jeff Now, Like, is there, any, is there any contract demand he could make where the team would say no? Like, you've got to pay him whatever he wants to stay as long as he can. He's... He's such an amazing coach. I mean, they've never inducted an assistant coach in their Hall of into the Eagles like Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. He's getting close. Like he's been that good as an offensive so, line coach and, and so, so critical to to their success.
0: Jimmy Johnson's not in the uh
4: I don't know. I I don't think so, but
0: huh. All right, 215-592-9494 coming up next. The last time we spoke to this caller and this caller is a legend on this station. He called me a coward. Mm. For not believing in this Eagles team, we'll find out if I'm still a coward or if he was wrong about that. We're going to find that out. 215-592-9494. It's Elliot. It's James. It's Go Birds Radio. One more time, let me remind you that pro and college football are in full swing, and the Park Sportsbook app has you covered. It's the only sportsbook and casino app that we here at Go Birds recommend, and it's based right here in the Delaware Valley parks is the home team for sports betting new customers if you sign up right now you get your first bet risk-free up to five hundred dollars a five hundred dollar risk-free bet this is a great deal and there's so much fun to be had while watching the game you can bet live in game betting which lets you bet while you watch it is a wild ride you can bet on more than the score bet on player performances passing yards rushing yards touchdowns halftime score who scores first And so much more. Get in on the action right now. And again, as I I always say, we're going to watch these games anyway. It's football. We're going to be watching every single game we can. Why not have a little action? Why not care just a little bit more about the outcome of that game? And you can do it with the Park Sportsbook app. Again, here's the deal. New customers sign up right now. And you get your first bet risk-free up to $500. A $500 bet. Risk-free. Free, your risk-free bet is refunded in site credit. The website has terms and conditions. Download the app or click parkscasino.com slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRD. (laughs) It's GOBIRD's radio presented by Parks Casino and sportsbook Moshe Kravitz.
4: Spinning some of Elliot's favorite. Elliot, he did that for you, a little Spice Girls, buddy. Yeah, look, tomorrow's a game day. I was debating if I wanted to go enjoy Carolina tonight after hearing that. I got to go out, right? Like, that, <laughs> that, that music gets you going. That music what you want, what yeah, makes you want to go out. So pre- appreciate most for that.
0: So we have learned that Elliot uh, is okay with, with mustard on cheesesteak, eats his cheesesteak with mayo on it, thinks Hocus Pocus is the best movie about this time of year Halloween, and loves the Spice Girls. You are a unique fellow, bud. Well, look, I've never
4: had mustard on the cheesesteak. I'm just saying. I said, I said you're okay with it. I didn't say you like it. I said you're okay with I- it. Yeah, I'm willing to give it a try. I'm not going to judge people for what they do with their food. Oh, no. If you like mustard, if you like cheese sticks, put them together and go enjoy
0: yourself. I will judge you people, so do not do it. It is well, sour. We're built different, I guess. Two one five five. I'm a sour
4: guy. Yeah, sure. I haven't heard that drop.
0: Me either. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. All right. Last time this caller called us, he I picked up the phone. I called him a legend. I was very complimentary. Comes on, he says you're a coward. That was after the Eagles were one to zero. Now they're one and three. Let's see where he stands now. The great Kenny from the Dirty
12: 30. How you doing, Ken?
0: Now you're a moron. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is good. We're progressing pal in a real do, positive direction here.
12: Uh, Jimmy, uh, James, you know I love you. but love you too, pal. I love you too. And this goes out to all these callers I heard all day today. You are out of your cotton-picking mind if you want to see the Eagles lose uh, 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 ever, uh, uh, Real quick, ever. Kenny,
0: I'll let you go. I said, I, the, I said it at the very beginning, and I've said multiple times through, I never want to see the Eagles lose. When I watch the game, I root for them. I can't help it. I'm just saying when I step back and I'm not in the moment of watching my team and caring about my team, I can look at it from a different perspective and say, ah, you know what? This is better for the future of the franchise, but I can never want them to lose. I will never want them to lose. I'm just saying logically, I can look at it that way. But I'm not watching the games and, and saying, oh, I hope they lose. I can't do that.
12: All right, when conceded. But hear me out. Hear me out. We have those three draft picks. Let the Colts and Miami suck this year, and they get mm-hmm. their top five draft picks. We need to get a culture of winning, and the only way to do that is to win. There's only three games left in the schedule that scare me. The Raiders, the, 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 the Chargers, and... The Buccaneers. Every yep. other game is winnable, including that last Dallas game, because Dallas will be resting all their starters. Uh, yeah. well, that's we possible. need to I'm learn how to win. Can, look at the Phillies. The Phillies always suck in September because they're losers. They don't know what winning is like. Let's not be the Phillies. Let's be the Eagles and win. The only reason our defense looks horrible right now is because Jonathan Gannon right now is, is channeling his inner coat tight And when he gets it together and starts coaching them a little bit better, we are going to be an improved team. I mean, We're not going to be the world beaters, but I will take improved. But we can win. We can win all but three games coming up. And those three games, we have a puncher well, chance. Well, I mean,
0: yeah, we have a chance. So, but, I mean, the Broncos in Denver is a tough game. The Saints is a pretty tough game. I mean, it's not like these are the easy Saints games. lost to the Jets. Forget about it. The Saints it. lost to the, the Giants. They did not lose to the Jets. The Titans Giants lost to New the York. Jets. Those two that right, but the Saints also friend. beat the Packers thirty-eight to three. I mean, it's a you know week-to-week league. The Saints is not an easy game. Is my point? It's not like a. Let's put it this way: they won't be a favorite against the Saints for sure.
12: I, I'm New not. Orleans. I'm not. I'm not scared of them. Well, all I'm saying is we gotta hope. We gotta hope that oh, we so win as much here, as we so can. Get prepared. a taste of winning, so then when we start to, to gear up, we're gonna win. I That's all I want. I, no, I'm
4: I'm enjoying Kenny schooling you on this, by the Aww. way. I'm sitting back enjoying this. Yes. Yeah. Kenny's the best. Kenny, keep
0: calling, brother. You can call me, right, whatever, guys, we'll you want you. call me whatever you want as long as you keep calling. You got <laughs> hey, a deal?
6: <laughs> <laughs>
0: see you, Kenny. Look, I, again, I I, don't I do I don't completely dismiss the winning culture thing. Like, I don't think that doesn't matter or anything like that. I just also can think that you could build that without making the playoffs, without having to win nine games this year, or whatever. You could still Build on what you are. You can still be more disciplined. You can be a better team. You can start to build something. And again, like it's more about just perspective on the season. Like we talked about coming into the season. Like I had no hopes for playoffs. I don't. Care. I want them to make them every year because I love the Eagles. But like I, I don't think that should have been the primary focus for this organization this year. It's not about the playoffs. It's about the future. You need to rebuild, and they are like yeah.
4: straddling the line. Yeah. Well, what Kenny said, I think, is a very interesting point. Is. By having the the Colts, which you know as of now is a first round pick, and I think but again, like a what, first.
0: but that that is a the, we can't talk about the Colts pick without acknowledging that if they are a top five pick, like there is a decent chance that Carson Wentz does not play enough snaps. This, like, on. if you're the Colts, let's just say, because he said a top five pick. If you're the Colts and you're three and nine heading into week thirteen, you think Carson Wentz is their starting quarterback? Unless their division, look, they're in a really bad division, and that's my hope. My hope is that. Even if the Colts are horrible, the Tennessee Titans are just as horrible and Houston and the Jags are obviously horrible, that they can stay in the race and be like five and eight or four and four and eight and still have a chance like the Eagles did last year. That's my my hope, my best case. But but if that doesn't happen and the, the Colts have an, a, a situation where they're saying, All right, our season's over, we're three and nine, just like the Eagles did last year, the last game of the season, and we can either have a high first round pick or not have a high first round pick, and all we have to do is not play this guy. I would think they're not going to play the guy.
4: Yeah, and we'll find out, right? Now I do think, to a certain degree, worrying about the relationship with Carson, because we saw firsthand here in Philly, like he does not take well to feeling feelings. No, but if and, they're
0: if they're three and nine, he's probably not the yeah, guy. Yeah, they could right? be trading Carson if yeah, they're three and nine. Who knows?
4: Exactly. Re- regardless, on a on a larger scale, the point I was making was having those picks does offset to a certain degree the need for the Eagles' pick to be really high, because the Dolphins' pick looks like it could be high. We'll see what happens with the Colts, but at worst. I think that is probably a top, you know, 40, 45 pick. Like, they're going to have a lot of draft ammunition next year.
0: Let's get one more call in here. Let's get my buddy Matt in Ridley up. Hey, Matt.
13: Yo, brother. How are we today? Good to
0: hear your voice, man. What's on your mind?
13: So, Elliot, I'm going to ask you a couple questions, and I'm going to prove why you're 100% wrong, and Jimmy and Richie are 100% right when it comes to the birds. Can't wait. Okay. Um, Do you believe? the uh, Jeff McClain article where he quoted saying that it was reported that Laurie was unhappy when the Eagles beat Green Bay, that they ran the ball more than they threw it.
4: Look, Jeff McClain's a great reporter. I I do believe it to a certain extent, but ultimately, like, yeah, I, I believe it, but at the end of the day, I don't think Laurie was like, super upset that they won the game. But yes, I believe it.
13: Oh, no, I don't think they were upset that they won the game, but that they ran the ball winning the game. That was what the the highlight
4: was. Short answer is yes. I believe Lurie wanted them to throw the ball more and talk to them about that after the Green Bay game. Yes.
13: Okay, so here lies the problem then, fast forward to today. Mm -hmm. If Howie and this philosophy wins and we don't run the ball, it's not a long-term solution to getting to another Super Bowl. It's just like what Jimmy was saying, it's just, you're masking the problem. He's never going to change this philosophy, so by losing, like, what's it going to take to get him fired? How many losing seasons do we need to have? Like, the well, philosophy is flawed. Well, you're talking about two different, flawed.
4: you're talking about two different people here, right? Because you started with talking well, no, about they're Jeffrey Well,
13: the No, they're the same, because Howie's never going to be fired by Laurie as, long as as long as Howie's philosophy is going to work. And nobody mm-hmm. believes that running the nobody believes that not running the ball is going to work. Like you need to run the ball. I mean,
4: so I, I know we're, we're a little bit up against it, but like, I would just counter yeah. by saying, do you think Jeffrey Lurie since his time as Eagles owner has been a successful owner
13: over his career?
4: Yes. Okay. Well then that's kind of my ultimate point is like, I'm not saying I, you know, Jeffrey Lurie gets car. can do it every once and he can never be questioned. I'm not saying it, that, that at all. My point I'm making is I think Jeffrey Lurie is one of the better owners in the NFL so I, I tend to believe that over a stretch of time, like his his team will right. be successful but, because they. But have. there's well, also but the it,
0: things can it, change, yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, he won the Super sure. Bowl, Absolutely. being involved, this yep. that it can change his perspective on how he does things and all that, and that's Absolutely. a concern.
4: So, and I, I'm but just not there I mean, yet in terms you, of saying that's yeah. definitely happening. Yeah. One more, one more. Yeah, question, last Alex. point. We got to get you, out of do here, Matt. Go ahead. Sure, no problem. Do you? But well,
13: I know Jimmy. Your answer, but do you trust Howie making these draft picks?
0: That's a good question, Matt. Great calls, always, buddy. Keep calm. Do you? I mean, because I know you've I, been—I I know you've been more defensive of Howie than most. But it's not like you—you know—have not ripped Howie at times, and certainly right. with the draft picks, you have been critical of Howie at times. How do you feel about Howie made draft
4: picks? So if I had to give a yes or no answer, I would say no. But I do think that there's—if you—if you allow me to give like context to it, I'm not as down on Howie's draft record as other people are. It, ultimately, black or white, I would say no. But I think that, you know, as we get further away from some of these picks, they've started to look better. So so we'll see. Do they win tomorrow? Yes, I think they win tomorrow.
0: Love yeah. it. I hope they do, man. I mean, just for this season and and us being interested in it, tomorrow is a pretty, pretty big one. So, uh, uh, again, the game will be here one, t- uh, 1 o'clock tomorrow. Merrill, Mike, Howard on the call, of course, and then uh, obviously reacting all week. Check out our pods. Uh, at GoBirdsPod on Twitter, obviously iTunes, Spotify, all that stuff. And uh, thank you to Moshe Kravitz, thank you to Dan Wilson for the first hour of the show behind the glass. And, of course, thank you to every single person who called into this show. We could
4: not do it without you. Elliot, uh, we'll talk next week, buddy. Yep, can't wait. And if you're in Carolina, Eagles fans, let me know. So I'm hoping to meet some people on that. I
0: love it. I love it. If you are in Carolina, definitely go say hi to Elliot. Uh, let him know that that you agree with me and uh, do it in person. It's way more fun that way. All right, uh, thanks, buddy. Have a, have a good time down at the game. Of course, we'll be following all of Elliot's work, follow his stuff for, for uh, information from the game and all that type of stuff. Rob Ellis coming up next. Thanks again for listening to another edition of Go Birds Radio right here on 94WIP.